Okay. All right, so first of all, a big shkach to our anonymous sponsor for this morning for the learning and the breakfast. You know, him, the whole chaver, the whole mishpacha, the whole kehila, all kaisa, shabizaycha, the only chef, a bracha, natzlacha that comes with uh, supporting learning and, uh, and feeding in. Okay, so, um, so I was away last Sunday, so we had a little bit of a break. But, uh, what I wanted to do last week, but I guess I'll do, I'll do this morning, is to sort of, uh, you know, tie up some loose ends in the sogi that we've been doing the past couple times. So, it's been, it's been, there's been a break. So, we'll hazard over very quickly what we've been talking about, and <coughs> we'll take it to the next level. So, it's like this. We've been talking about, again, it was in the context of the Maisa of Kali conquering the second city in Eretz Yisrael, the city of Ai. And we, uh, just, again, like the story was, that the Jewish people, this was the first time that we conquered, uh, that we really uh, accomplished anything on a national level, but Derech Eretz, in a normal way, in a way of Teva, in a way of, that, that fits within the, the, the construct and the, the uh, <coughs> sp- specific parameters of Teva, of nature. That was our conquest of the city of Ai. So as we saw that uh, the Jewish people split up the army, half would attack openly in the front, but half would set a trap from the back. And what happened was we attacked from the front in the city of Ai uh, in, in a way that's not normal, that's a little bit of an ace also. They decided to empty out all of their, all of their able-bodied men from the city. Everyone emerges out of the city. Now, meanwhile, the city is unprotected. And so the Jewish people, the second half of the army, surround from the back. And uh, you know, and we're able to to take over the city. That was the that was the nice. So what we we use this as a springboard, not just as a springboard, but to explain the oymek and the pinimis of what was going on at that Misa, is what we've been talking about. Is that there are two levels to Tyra. There's two levels to Tyra. There's Tyra that can be described as Tyra of Derech Eretz, and then there's Tyra in its purest, truest form. So we've been talking about how. There, the how the version of Torah that we experience, that we engage with, that we that we have, the second luchas, for example, is a Torah of derech eretz. It's a Torah that demands control, self restraint, self control. It it demands that you do not empty out your city, you know, all at once. It's a Torah of derech eretz. It's a Torah. It's it. The the rabbanish of the second luchas, the Torah that we that we have with us right now. Is a is a is a rabbinic law that can only be found in very tiny constraints, right? Kriyshma nine o two, you know that, that that type of that type of way. That's the mahalach, and we've been talking about it, and we've we've explained that if if the rabbinic would allow us in our universe right now to just be untethered, like we talked about before the mabel, right? Before the Mabel, psychologically, humanity was untethered. They were not held back. They were like the city of Ai, just, just letting everything loose. Then uh, that would be terribly destructive. That would be terribly destructive. As we explained, that the, the, the part of the human being which is dark and chaotic and animalistic would be the first one to sign up for this, such an approach. It would be the first one standing by the door to run out of the city. And so because there's a lot of chayshech and a lot of chaos and a lot of dark inyanim inside the human being. So therefore, the Rabbani Shalom set up the system in such a way that the Torah that we have is a Torah of Derech Eretz. It's a Torah that demands constraint. It, and the Rabbani Shalom created us psychologically. That's what we talked about after the Egel, the Kavan that was made with Nayach. The Rabbani Shalom made us psychologically. The, the Torah is always, is always a perfect match with the human being, right? And so if the Torah that we have is a Torah of Derech Eretz, a Torah of constraint, of restriction, 
of tzimtzum, then it means that the human being, as as the human being exists right now, is also a shidduch with that. It means that we naturally have constraint and uh, restrictions, and and there's something holding us back from just going going wild and going crazy. And so that's the Torah of Derech But as we saw, that this is not the Tachlis. This is Derech which is Kadmu <coughs> Tyra. That's what we're going to learn about today, a little bit more, and the relationship between these two Madregas. But the truest version of Torah is not like this. The truest version of Torah is Ein Saif, infinite. The truest version of Torah is not... It was the, the, the way the way that Bez Hashem Lasalava in the future when Mashiach comes and so on with Chiasamesim will be able to experience Yiddishkeit is that Yiddishkeit instead of it being constrictive and restraining and only allowing us to experience Rabbanu Shalom in small tiny ways Adraba every mitzvah will be re, will be transformed into a into a, a Pesach into a doorway. To infinity, ma'amish infinity, and the infinite presence of the Rebbeinu Shlomo and the infinite kaiches of the human being will be unleashed through every single mitzvah. And so that's something that in our world we're not able to access. It will be destructive if we access such such overwhelming power and overwhelming energy and 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 drive and passion and experience. So right now we have Torah of Darcharetz, but Bez Hashem, every single so in other words, the, every, the, every mitzvah that we have is in two levels. There's two ways to engage in it. So let's say, for example, tzitzis. I don't know, just as an example. So there's the tzitzis, which is of the version of Torah of Derech Eretz, and that's a mitzvah, which is very specific, very tight, and that's a mitzvah that you have to be kind in particular ways, and that's the way it is. And if there's you know, extra strings is no good, you know, too little strings is no good, it has its specific parameters, and the level of ruchnius, the level of Hashem's presence that you're able to feel God willing, when you engage in that mitzvah properly, is also by its very definition limited. It's a, the level of the Rabbanishon that he's allowing us to experience through the Torah of Derech Eretz is a very limited view, because that's the Torah that we have. Is the, whole, the whole nature of the Torah that we have is, is, is constraint and restriction. That's what we have right now. But the same mitzvah tzitzis, la'asilavai, will be redefined as a gateway, as a shar, as a Pesach, into an infinite expansiveness. And we'll be able to experience through tzitzis, not a, it won't be seen as a constricted experience, and the Rabbanishon won't be viewed from a constricted lens. It'll be able to be a window into Mamish, an infinite ocean of self-discovery, of the Rabbanishon's infinite light, Mamish, a Pesach, into Ein Saif. And this is the oymek of what we find in Chazal, schar mitzvah, mitzvah. That the reward for a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. What does that mean? So just like... The meaning of that is, is that the schar for a mitzvah that you do as its version of Derech Eretz, it itself will become redefined as its own reward in the, in the proper version of Torah when it's seen as like a window into, into infinity. But as we said, while the human being still has chayshech and chaos and all this inside of us, then we're not allowed, we can't, we can't have access to that universe of Ein Saif because you know what's going to happen to that? It will be like pre-mobile, or like the world's going crazy. Because that was a generation that had a very, that very, you know, they were they a little bit, a uh, very strong taste of what's going to be. Chazal even say such a thing that what went wrong with those pre- early generations of the mobile was that the Rabbanu Shalom allowed them to have a taste of me'en o'el That's what the Gemara says. 
that because they had an alamah, a taste of the next world, that's why they went crazy. On a simple level, what it means is, is that they had too much gashmias, too much good things. Man, And that's what made them crazy. But on, on a deeper level, based on what we're learning, the meaning of that Gemara is that at that time, the concept of Torah being a der- in Derech Eretz mode, and the human being being created in Derech Eretz mode, was deficient. It wasn't 100% there. The human being naturally was uh, a creature that was exploding with energy, and there was nothing psychologically or emotionally holding the, the human being in. And the Torah, and yet in the, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, they didn't physically have a Torah yet, but Avodah Hashem, divine service that was, that was accessible at that time, was also, was also uh, you know, uh, not Derech Eretz Dikimot, it was more of an Olam Hab, which is expansiveness. So the God that was available to them was an infinite God, and, 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 and inside of them, they found, they found infinite energy and infinite kaiches. Huh? Yeah, that's good. I think so. Yeah. So, beca- so that's uh, so. In other words, so that's that. What was going on before the marvel, and that's why they descended into the abyss. Post marvel, as we said, the revolution created this concept of derech eretz, and then uh, and then Tyra being uh, in its purest form, which is Ein Saif. Okay. So that's all what we talked about last time. And we, we mentioned also, just to remind ourselves, we mentioned also that in halacha, this idea of eating meat, if you remember, right? Eating meat. That Amhi Aretz should not eat meat. Tabi Chum could eat meat. And Shabbos, everyone could eat meat. There's a difference between the six days of the week, which is more Derech Eretz mode, which is Shabbos. But Shabbos is haba. Shabbos is more expansive. Eating meat unleashes certain energies that, uh, that when you're, you know, in the six days of the week, those energies maybe should not be released. On Shabbos, where we're holding Me'en Olam Haba, then those energies are allowed to be released and they could be a Pesach into experiencing Hashem on a, on a grander scale, on a deeper level. That's, that's all the things that we learned about last time. Okay, so what I want to learn with you today, this morning, it's probably a little bit shorter than usual, I'm thinking, is I want to pull back a little bit and show you, Mom, is just, uh, this is, this, and this Nakuda would already be Kedai, just to see how all of this comes from that result and how it's mamish like a a nakuda in the Arizal that mamish can go un, unnoticed and it takes great mukubalim to you know sort of unpackage these ideas and to bring it to us in a way that we can appreciate but it's like this if you take the, the, the page that you have in front of you so there's two sides okay so the the, the side that's not the paragraphs just the you know like sort of the diagram or the picture that you have Okay, so we're not going to go into the details of this. This is not, uh, you know, there's not a Kabbalah class over here. But, so what you have over here, the words that you have are what, what's called the ten spheres. Okay? Keser, Chach, Mabina, Das, Chesed, Gvur, Tiferes, Netzach, Malchus, all the spheres. Now again, what the spheres are, again, it's not for us. These are, these are, the spheres represent the system that the Rabbanan Shalom created the world through. This is, this is, the, this is the, the code that, that the universe is run by. Both the Torah universe, the human universe, the divine universe, everything is functioning based on these ten spheres. In the Sermach Daishan, we find two different ways to describe the layout of the spheres if you have to lay them out on a piece of paper. Obviously, we're talking about, you know, in heaven, these are not physical things. But the way it's described on paper, we find by the Mekubalim, going back to the Zara Kaddish, two different descriptions of how they're laid out, okay? So one description, one way, is that the spheres are, again, and again, th- th- keep in mind, when we talk about the spheres, we're talking about the 
the, the governing system behind reality. The governing system behind reality. And, and again, as we've been talking about, there's two, there's two, there's two, there's Derech Eretz and there's Tyra. And so these are, there are two governing systems behind reality is all based on how the spheres are laid out. One description of the spheres is that they're Derech Kavan, it's called, in lines. In other words, a system of three. That's the, that's the top half of the page. So if you see, it's in three different columns. So you have Kesser's on the top in the middle column, then Chachma goes to the right, and then Bina goes to the left, and Das is back in the center. Chesed to the right, Gvur to the left, Tiferes in the center. Netzach to the right, Hayd to the left, Yisayid in the center, and then Malchus in the center. So it's a, it's a system of three kavin, of three different lines. Chachma, Chesed, Netzach on the right, right? Bina, Gvur, Hayd on the left, Kesser, Das, Tiferes, Yisayid, and Malchus in the middle. That's one layout that you'll find in the Svarim of the Spheres. It's called a layout of Gimel Kavan, of three lines, right? It's like a, like a scale with a right, left, and center. Okay. Another description of the Spheres that you'll find in the Zarah Kaddish is the bottom half of the page, which is just one line, straight down. Kesar, Chacham, Bina, Das, and so on, all the way to Lamach. It's just one Sphere, one, uh, one word right under the other. Okay. So people like us, what's an Afkim, whatever, uh, however you describe it, it's on a piece of paper, it's a difference anyway. This is a big deal. This is a very, 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 very big deal. The way that Rizal describes it is as follows, and this is and this is the Chiddush. The Rizal says that the, the 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 description of the spheres. And again, let's understand the way the spheres are being described. This is code for the underpinnings and the general d- d- defining character of reality itself. So the layout on the paper is very significant. Said the Rizal. If, if the spheres are described in one straight column, this is a description of toyu vavayu, of mamish chaos, mamish chaos. Because when you have it just on one straight line, that means that every particular midah is fighting for, all, fighting for power. They're not, there's no give and take. They're not recognizing space for anything else. So when it's Kesser's turn, for example, if you describe, if you describe all the... These, these words are like uh, descriptions of all the energies of reality. And when you describe them stacked one on top of the other, it's like when it's Kesser's turn, then it's like, I know I'm like, I am the king, and that's it. And then when it's Chachma's turn, it completely ignores everything Kesser accomplished, and like, I'm going to start from scratch, right? It's like, uh, it's, like, it's like in certain governments, right? It's like there's no wrecking, they don't want to acknowledge anything that was before or after, it's like, start everything fresh, right? So that, that's the certain, and that, that results in what? In chaos. That's when you have governments that there's constantly coups going on and, and overthrowing the government, or in times of Tanakh, Right, we're learning. We're learning Navi, right? Supposedly, so uh, you know. So in Navi, you have when the when the Jewish Malchus split, right, between David and Melch's descendants in the south and the new kingdom in the north. The the most amazing. What's so interesting is is that the kings in the north. We'll see this Bez Hashem and Sefer Malachim. That, that there was almost never did a father give over the leadership to his son, which is the normal way of Malchus. Every time a person died, the government, like, sort of, uh, there was like a coup and a revolt, and some other guy came to be a king. It, it was constantly in a state of disorder and chaos. So, when this description of Kesser, Chachma, being one on top of the other, is a description of every single piece of reality trying to explode out with energy and not leaving any space for anything else. This is exactly the type of life that was before the Mabel, which is terribly destructive. This is, this is, if the human being would be created with this system of Osiris in one line, then that would be every single moment you would want to just release all of your kaiches 
and every single idea, pour all your energy into it, and you wouldn't leave any space for, any, for anyone else. It would be a constant state of chaos. That's type of vile. That's everything, that, that's everything pre-mobile, and that's terrible. What's the description? However, the top half, the sphere is being laid out in these three lines. Ah, this is already called, by the reason, this is called the universe of Tikkun. Tikkun means that every single media and every single piece of reality acknowledges that it's not the only thing that exists. And so Chachma recognizes there's a Bina. And because of that, Chachma will go to the right and leave room on the left for Bina. And Chesed recognizes Gevura. So Chesed goes on the right and recognizes space for Gevura. And vice versa. Everyone acknowledges the other and therefore is willing to hold themselves back from just you know, uh, running the show. Chesed recognizes that, listen, I have a lot to offer, but Gevura also has a lot to offer. So I'm going to hold myself back and allow room for Gevura. And this is called the universe of Tikkun. This is called the universe of Tikkun. Everything that we're talking about in terms of Torah and the human being, being in a way of derech eretz, of order, of organization, of not allowing things to go wild and crazy. And because of that, the God that we relate to is also a God that's, 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 uh, that, that is not infinite per se right now, that we don't experience God in an infinite way. We experience God in, in specific parameters. This is all... Because the system of the universe, the governing body of the universe, are the spheres laid out in these three kavan. That's the significance of it. So everything we've been talking about is the difference between the top uh, part of the page and the bottom part of the page. Okay. What's amazing, however, is, is that in the Kisveri we find that the Rizal says that the spheres will be arranged like the bottom half of the page, one on top of the other. And this, the Mekubalim, that's like Mamish, a passing line. And this, the Mekubalim, have a very difficult time understanding what, what does that mean? And like everything, 95% of the Kisveri is revolving around the significance and the importance of the spheres being laid out in these three lines. Order and system and Derecheretz and acknowledging the space for other people and not allowing the universe just to blow out in all of its energy and there should be Gvulim and so on. And everything about this, and if the world would be created in that straight line of every single Mida just exploding out with their own energy, not acknowledging anyone else, that's Toiva, that's chaos. But yet there is one place just in passing says, oh, by the way, Lassalava, it'll be straight line. Such a thing. So comes the Lashem. And the lesson, again, everything we've been talking about, is that, again, there's, there's the Torah of Derech Eretz. And it's true. In our world right now, where there's a lot of chayshech and darkness inside the human being, we can't handle a universe of that straight line. Right? We have to have a, a universe of tikkun, of the, of the three lines of organization. But when all of our inner darkness has been already uh, dealt with, then then we'll be able to experience... The, an infinite world, an infinite light of God, an infinite part of ourselves. And every mitzvah will be redefined as a Pesach into that infinite space. So take a look at Maramukha number one on the other side of the page. This is from the Leshem in one of his Sorms, Sefer Klolom, Klal Yud Zayin. So it's, uh, again, it, it, a lot of this we're not going to be able to explain too much, but it's good just to hear the words. Umeata, Hine Noimer. So now we're going to say the following idea. After we've explained, says Leshem, after we've explained, that the entire idea of having the spheres laid out in three lines, right? The order of tikkun, of organization, of derech eretz, of restriction, of life being restricted, the Rabbani Shlolem only allowing us to experience him in a restricted way, everything in vulim, in teva, derech eretz, that's all in order to make sure that we are rectified 
and we don't allow the darkness inside of us to go crazy. Like I said, if everything would be, if there would be full, if the doors would be wide open, then the, then all of our darkness would also uh, you know be able to emerge. For the sustainability of creation, for things to be normal and functional. So because the Rabbani Shalom has decided that his infinite light is not something that we could experience right now, again, because of the darkness inside of ourselves. So this is now described there for the universe is set up in such a way where the spheres, the, the basic building blocks of creation inside of ourselves and in, and in Avedis Hashem are with these three lines, everything balancing each other, pulling at each other, holding each other back in a certain sense, creating a system of gvul. Of, um, of they should work with each other, they should be bound to each other, even restrain each other, and it should be cohesive. And by the way, that's how the human being is created, right? If you think of ourselves, like, you know, if you, if you imagine us as stick figures, right, it's like three, three lines, right? You have a right, you know, your right hand, your right foot, left hand, left foot, and then your torso in the middle. So the human being is created in such a way of, uh, of, model, of being modeled after this construct of tikkun, of order, of restraint. And that's all true. Vim came. But says Elashem, because this system was only created as a result of what? Of us having darkness inside of us and therefore we're not able to experience the fullness of who we are because if we allowed those floodgates to open then all craziness would emerge as well. Then it becomes obvious and clear. That when Mashiach comes, when the Tikkun takes place and all of the darkness inside of us through a lifetime of restrained avoida and through a lifetime of working on ourselves, though that, that darkness has been removed then there's no reason for anything to be restrained anymore. And then when Mashiach comes, we could actually experience life with ourselves, with our families, with the Rabbanu Shalom, in an infinite way, with an infinite expansiveness. And then we'll be able to experience the Rabbanu Shalom and all of life with this, with this truthful, absolute unity. Which means to become unified with Rabbi Shalom and to experience his, his presence. In this one straight line. So this, this is this what's going on. The, 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 a rea- right now, the, the reality of L'Asad Lava right now would be terribly destructive. But because, because we have uh, so much inyanim inside of us, we, we, we can't allow ourselves to experience Olam Haba like that. But after going through Olam Haza, after going through the world of Tikkun and order and Gvulim, then you could experience Ein Saif with Mashiach. Then the, the, the light of unity will be revealed even down here. And all opposites that sort of pull, pull at each other and hold, and hold each other back will be removed. And so on and so forth. Now we'll go to the next paragraph. Says the lesson, of all of this is hinted to in a Pasik in Sefer Yeshaya. The Pasik says in Yeshaya, it's talking about when Mashiach comes. <coughs> the Pasik says that there's going to be a stream emerging out of the Kadesh Akach from the Beis Amigdash. And the Navi describes this stream. This stream existed by the times of the first Beis Amigdash. So this, this stream is not new. But says the Pasik, but when Mashiach comes, this stream is going to emerge out of the Beis Amigdash. And, and as it moves further and further away, it's going to become greater and greater and greater to the point of where it's mamish the most this huge expansive river. That's what the pasuk describes. The pasuk says like this: Eftach al safayim naharis I will allow this river to overflow its boundaries. 
Eftach al Safaim Naharis, the lips, the, the boundaries of this river, I'm going to, when Mashiach comes, the, the waters of this river are going to overflow over its normal boundaries. And the usual places, the usual grooves and, and, and passageways where the river should flow, it will become overflowed with water. The desert will be turned into a, into a place of, uh, of, 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 of water. The And lands that are thirsty from water will have all the water they need to drink. So the Pasig is describing some river which existed already during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, but the Chiddush is when Mashiach comes, the waters of this river will overflow over its banks. Okay, thank you very much. I mean, uh, we have just opened the faucet, you're good to go. Like, I don't know, what, what's, what exactly is the Chiddush that the river is going to overflow? What's the significance of this? So it says the lesson like this, This is exactly what the Pasig is trying to describe. That everything until Mashiach comes, the, the overriding... The overriding system that's been governing everything until in this world, keeping things functional, is restriction. Restriction. That has been the overriding system. Everything that the Rabbanu Shalom gives us has to fit in this construct of restriction. That it cannot be infinite. Uh, you, you can't, uh, life is not infinite. Life is not perfect. You can't have everything in life. Yiddishkeit requires restriction. Mental health requires restriction. Everything is ultimately governed by this overriding rule, which is tzimtzum, restriction, restriction, restriction. And in this place of gvul, then you can have good things because it's in the system of gvul. But when, again, that's, and that's, all, that, that's all symbolized by setting up the system of the spheres, which are the basic building blocks of creation, in these three lines, each line sort of pulling at each other and acknowledging each other's space. That's restriction. But says the Pasuk, when Mashiach comes the boundaries will be overrun. The waters will overflow the boundaries. In other words, there won't be this, over, this, this overarching theme in reality that's called constriction. Everything will be expansive. If we have that now, as I said, it will be terribly destructive. Because again, uh, uh, there, there's so much darkness inside of us right now that if, we, if there's no restraint, then it becomes pre-mobile. But uh, after going through the tire of Derech Eretz, then we'll be able to access the tire of, 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 of Ein Saif, and that's what the Pasuk is describing, the waters uh, flowing over, over the banks. The Chaino HaKavana, it says again, that's sort of this imaginary or, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, metaphorical boundary that stands between us and infinite light. That, that, that's, that boundary is set in place during our lifetime, during this world. But when Sheikh comes, the waters... Of, of Ein Saif, so to speak, will overrun those boundaries. And that's why it's an amazing thing. If you think about it, like the Mabel that destroyed those generations, that's a perfect, perfect image for, what, for, for the type of life that they were living, but in a destructive way. In other words, what they were living was uh, as if it was Eilam Mabel already, which is what? That the waters that are usually held back under the ground or held back in heaven... They're held back. There's this mechitza, the, you know, you, the, to, to hold everything back. And the universe that we live in is a universe that's governed by mechitzas. But the whole thing that they were trying to live with before the Mabel was to take down those mechitzas and just everything over, you know, ain't safe. So they were destroyed in such a way as well. That's what's going on. Uh, so, in, our, in this world right now, then these boundaries, the, 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 you know, sort of act as a separation with ne arha ain't safe blocking us from the infinite light of Hashem. And all we have access to is a very restrictive 
and restrained little line, so to speak, a little, a little uh, tiny fraction of the Rabbanishman's presence. But when Mashiach comes, by the Tikkun, and that little tiny little stream, the little tiny little brook, will turn into an expansive river. All coming from the infinite light of, of the Rabbanu Shalom, which, which will be fully accessed. Again, he ends off. But this is only after, again, going through the world of Derech Eretz and making sure that all the chayshich inside of us has been worked through and been removed. Till all the behema, all the animalistic part of ourselves has been rectified through going through life in a restrictive way. And then we'll be able to access the expansive light that the Rabbanu has waiting for us. Then all restrictive powers and energies will be lifted and we'll be able to experience the Rabbanu in an infinite way. Hashem should forgive us. Why is he saying that? Because uh, this is the way the last, whenever he reveals very, very deep ideas, he usually ends it off by saying, I have not listened. I, I said what I said. I believe what I, I have to say this, but... So, that's because uh, this, is, this is a big idea. Now, one final Nakuda that I want to mention. Yeah. No, because there's always a sensitivity in revealing uh, secrets of Torah. Uh-huh. So, this is a very, very big secret. To say that, that, that the overarching, uh, fundamental, governing truth that is. That, 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 that everything right now is built on, which is restriction, that that's going to be lifted when Mashiach comes, that's a, that's a big secret. That's a big, that's a big secret. Hashem Yichaper. So, one last Nakud that I do want to mention. Okay, so until now, so until now, the way it's been described is that the entire purpose of the Torah of Derech Eretz, right, the Torah of restriction and the concept of restraint that we experience right now, <coughs> the way I've been painting it is that it's all sort of a bidiyavit. Because there's darkness inside of who we are, so the Rabbanu Shalom can't allow us to experience the Ein Saif. So he first has to create a, a universe and a system of Avedis Hashem which is, which, which is about restraint. And that system is, the purpose of that system is to cleanse us from all the darkness, to give us some level of, of Seder to our lives. And then, Bez Hashem, when all that is clarified, then we can have. We could ex- experience what mitzvahs are in truth. Okay, that, and, that's, and that's true. But one thing that, that is important to mention is, is like this. In the Samaritan tradition, we have the following idea. <clears throat> and it's something that I've mentioned a number of times, and not every time I say it, I don't know if it becomes more clear. Mm-hmm. Maybe it becomes less clear. I don't know. But it is what it is. <clears throat> the, the, the problem, the, the, the Rabbanu Shalom doesn't just want us, you know, the Rabbanu created the world in such a way, the what's the Tachas Abriya? What was the, what, what the Rabbanu Shalom's plan? The Rabbanu Shalom's plan is to create a human being. To create a human being. In order that we should be able to experience the ultimate good. Right? The Rabbanu Shalom is good, he wants to give us the ultimate good. What's the ultimate good? The ultimate good is, is God. But the ultimate, ultimate good is not just a little piece of him, right? The ultimate good is, ain't safe. But the problem is, is that the human being the Rabbanu Shalom also wants us to be able to appreciate that experience and to be able to derive pleasure in that. There is a, there is a basic problem, which is how, if the Rabbanu Shalom, when the Rabbanu Shalom opens up those floodgates, right, and the river overflows the banks, and just, now it's back to Ein Saif. So then, it's, the, 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 the problem is, you know, there's such an idea in halacha of something being batal b'shishim, right? 
If you have a little uh, drop of milk, it goes into a big chalan pot. So there's no milk. There's no milk. In halacha, if, it's, if there's 60 times the amount of, uh, of chalant over the milk, then in halacha there's no milk. So if, if the Rabbanu Shalom were to just overwhelm the universe, take away those boundaries, then guess what? There's no universe anymore. Then everything's batal b'shishim. I mean, it's a basic paradox over here. The tachlis habriya is, the purpose of creation is for the Rabbani Shalom to allow us to have the pleasure of experiencing his light. And ultimately, his light should be experienced in full. But the problem is, if he allows himself to really be, be seen, then, then there's nothing else but him. And we're completely nullified in that experience. So, therefore, what the Rabbani Shalom does is that he creates these two systems of Torah, these two systems of, of reality, these two systems of his own revelation. By going through a universe, and again, this is not a simple idea, but by going through life in a way of derech eretz, then it's not only that by living a life of, of derech eretz, Torah, we, we clean ourselves out from the chayshech, and then uh, when the Rabbani Shalom expose, you know, brings out that infinite light, and uh, you know, there's no chayshech there to be a part of that. That's true, but it's more than that. Going through a life of, of Yiddishkeit, of Derech Eretz, then that means that even when we get to that place of Ein Saif, we, the, our, our reality as individual people will be so solid and so firm because we've gone through a Yiddishkeit that's, 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 that's been custom-made for us being as, as individual people, not infinite people, we'll be able to experience Hashem's light. In other words, the Rabbani Shalom during, during this time of Derech Eretz is sort of fortifying ourselves. Every time you do a mitzvah, so let's, let's give an example of tzitzis, right? If the Rabbani Shalom were to allow us to access the mitzvah of tzitzis in its, prop, in its truest form, which is Ein Saif, then, then, you, you couldn't, it would be overwhelming to us. But because you go through a life of, 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 of committing yourself to the, to the gevulim and the restraints of tzitzis, and tzitzis therefore becomes a mitzvah that speaks very much to you as a healthy human being. So because of that, you, you now are fortified. Your, your identity as an individual person with, with, with a finite seichel and a finite heart and finite emotions and specific place in the world is now strengthened. The, the Chazal say that the Rabbanu Shalom, Hashem oiz Hashem gives strength to his people. Chazal say, Ein oiz el Torah, Torah is strength. Says the Baal Tanya and Sefer Tanya, he writes this, that one of the function, one of the great uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, gifts of Torah is, is that Torah, the, the version of Torah that we have, allows us the strength to be able to tolerate the infinite light of Hashem when it opens up. And it was, the, 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 the light of the Rabbani Shalom, in, okay, let me, let me, let me explain. Okay, I gave it a muscle of like chicken meat and milk. In halacha, there's an idea. There's, you, meat, milk can be bottle in meat. Bottle b'shishim. You know why? Because it's min b'shein amina. It's two different things. It's two different things. Milk is not meat. And because they're two different things, so they, they're not, they, they, they fight with each other. And so the bigger, uh, the bigger one nullifies the smaller one. But in halacha, there's an idea of min b'shein min b'minoi. You have two things that they're the same species, they're the same thing, they're not bottle. They don't nullify each other, it's the same thing. The Yiddishkeit, even the Yiddishkeit that we have now, with its restraints and with its gvulim, is still the Rabbanu Shlom, it's just a, 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 a finite version, Kivyochel, 
of the Rabbani Shalom. And so the more we can fortify our finite reality with the Rabbani Shalom's finite light, which is termed Derech Eretz, then when the Rabbani Shalom opens up his expansive light of, of Ein Saif, it's Min Biminai. It's Min Biminai. It's the same species, and they're not Mavatal each other. In other words, if you go through the world without being fortified with the Rabbani Shalom's presence, in, in, a, in, 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 a, in a way that you're still an individual person, then when the Rabbani Shalom opens up his light, that's a, that's, that, then it's min b'shein amina. Then you're a drop of milk, and, there, and there's a big vat of chalent, and so you're bottle in that. But the Tal Sabri is for what? Is for you as an individual person with your seichel and your finite experiences and emotions to be able to experience that infinite light of the Rabbani Shalom and not be bottle to it. How does that work? The only way for that to work is if you go through life as an individual, as a finite creature with limitations and limits and limits and limits, but every single aspect of your limited life is being fortified with God's presence in a limited way. And so then what happens is when Mashiach comes and that infant light is exposed, then, it's not, then it doesn't undermine, it doesn't, it's not mavat, it doesn't nullify you because you've been fortified with God's presence in, in a finite way. And so all of a sudden you are a finite creature in the presence of the infinite one, but you're not nullified to it because you fortified your finite life with the Rabbani Shalom's presence in a, finite, in a finite way. And then all of a sudden, it's the same species, it's all the Rabbani Shalom. It's Rabbani Shalom in an infinite way with the Rabbani Shalom in a finite way. And therefore, they, 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 don't, they don't nullify each other. So the, the Tachlis is Avada for us to experience Rabbani Shalom in an, infinite, in an infinite way, but the only way how we'll be able to experience that without becoming nullified in that is only if we fortified our, our identity and our, and our limited way of experiencing life with the Rabbani Shalom's presence. So the, the Torah that we have of Derech Eretz is an oiz, it's a strength that allows us to then be able to experience the Rabbani Shalom in Ein Saif without becoming swept up in that ocean. <coughs> this is the idea. Now, How does this experience compare to what Malachim? The Malachim are also finite. They're also they, 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 even even we say by kedusha ayeh that the Malachim say ayeh v'kain kvayda. Where is the Rebbe? They're, they're also in this. They're also in this system of, of constraint. Adraba, they're, they're necessary components in that system of restraint, right? So when we're we're talking about loss of love, I, with mamish infinite, but the only way that we're going to be able to experience that infinite light without us becoming lost in it is only if we've fortified our finite experiences and our limited experiences in this world and we've sort of fortified it with Hashem's presence. And then everything, then we take with us that, uh, you know, that, that light of Hashem in a finite way and then it won't be overwhelmed by Hashem's light in an infinite way. Okay, let me, let me, let's just end off for two minutes. In the second Marmokka you have is from the from Beis Yaakov, from the Yishmetzer and Parshas Nayach. This takes this idea and just packages it in a way that's a little bit... Uh, you know, in the way of Chizik. Listen to what he says. And this ultimately, says the Ishvitzer, is one of the defining factors, the difference between a Yid and Lahavdal uh, Agai. This idea of the Jewish people deeply recognizing the importance of the Rabbani Shlolem's light being experienced in our world in a finite way. Only, you now there's, as, as he's going to explain, that the nature of Nishmas Yisrael is to become, is, is, to, is to embrace the world of Torah of Derech Eretz. 
That, that's the nature of Nishmas Yisrael. He'll say, he'll, he'll, he'll explain. Shaumas, when it comes to the nations of the world, Kishi Yisrael Marlem Ezet Kifas Bulavavam. When the the Rabbanu Shalom were to, to show them or to expose them to that infinite light and the infinite kaiches they have inside of them and the confidence that, that comes with that of no matter what happens, it's all part of Hashem's universe. And if it were to be shown to them, like pre-mabel, how whatever that they're doing is part of this infinite place of God's presence, then they'll just abuse it. There's a, there's a certain uh, the, the, the abuse of that power. To expand in, in, in a crazy way and with all of their energy. Based on this reassurance of, listen, whatever we do, it's all just, uh, we're all part of God's universe and this, uh, you know, there'll be uh, an abuse of that power. Yeah, exactly. That's the model. And they'll completely throw to the wayside the, the necessity of Derech Eretz. If they're allowed, if, if, if the nations of the world, if they were to be exposed to that experience of Tyre in its purest form of, 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 of Ein Saif, then there will be a complete rejection of Derech Eretz. And therefore, their Baruch Shalom Mamish cannot allow them to have access to that place at all. And he goes on. A few lines later, Amnam, Yisrael, when it comes to the Jewish people, even if the Rabbanu Shalom exposes us to a little taste of what's going to be in the next world of, of Ein Saif, and how we're ultimately called Hashem's children, and no matter what happens, we're still connected to Hashem, and nothing can take that away. And we're connected to that, and the Rabbanu Shalom's infinite light is so encompassing that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what we do, we're still connected to Him. Adarabba, they don't, the, the, Nishmas Yisrael doesn't abuse that. That'll only increase our devotion to, to, to the constraints of Torah Mitzvahs and to the Torah Mitzvahs of Derech Eretz. So in other words, what the Ishmael is, is saying is that by Nishmas Yisrael, deep down in Nishmas Yisrael, the soul of the Jewish people appreciates this need of having derech eretz to allow us to then have Torah in its truest form. Only Nishmas Yisrael is, is appreciative of this. And therefore, Nishmas Yisrael, if it were to be exposed to and to be told about what's waiting for you in the future, ain't saif, then the deepest part of the Neshama recognizes that my only way to get there, both in terms of clarifying, getting rid of my darkness, and also in terms of giving me the strength to experience that infinite light without becoming overwhelmed by it, is by going through a life of derech eretz. The nations of the world is not like that. They don't, deep down inside of them, they don't understand and have this sensitivity to appreciate the need of going through Derech Eretz to then ac- to give you access to Torah in its truest form. And therefore, by the way, this mamish sheds light on, on something. That I can't tell you how many times I've been asked this question and others as well. It's like, the basic question is, if you tell Yidin that the Rabbanu Shalom loves them, Right, and no matter what happens, the Rav Shalom loves you, and you can never be, you know, you always have a tikkun, and every Jew has a chelkan of Hasulavadik. What's the obvious question that the people that uh, those that are not from such a camp will ask? That they're going to abuse it. They're going to abuse it, right? Then you're going to hear about how much the Rav Shalom loves you, and then you're going to you're going to oversleep, and you're not going to care about davin shachas because who cares? Them? The Rav Shalom loves me. That's a misunderstanding of Nishmas Yisrael, because to be told that the Rav Shalom loves you no matter what. 
and every, the entire universe, from your head to your toe, your pinky, every single part of who you are is part of God's universe. That's being, in other words, what, what you're being told is, and in Olam Habedike, that's, that's an Olam Habedike conversation. That's an Olam Habedike experience. That's a Torah. That's an expansive. That's Ein Saif. And so, but Nishmas Yisrael understands that in order, wow, that's amazing. That sounds beautiful. I would love to experience that. And Nishmas Yisrael knows that the only way to experience that universe of Ein Saif, to allow yourself into that place, is only through Derech Eretz. It's only through the constraints of Kriyashma and Sitzis and Tzvillin in those things. By thinking that, by telling a Yid, how big they are and how deep they are and how deeply connected to Rabbanu Shalom, that's going to cause them to take Yiddishkeit less seriously is underestimating the depth of Nishmas Yisrael and underestimating how deeply Nishmas Yisrael recognizes the system of Elokos. And the Nishmas Yisrael knows that, of course, the, the, the Elokos of Ein Saif is only accessible through the path of Derech Eretz. Nishmas Yisrael knows that. Non, you know, neshamas that are non nishmas Yisrael, they don't recognize that. So, for the nations of the world, if you tell them that everything's gavaldik and it's okay, they'll be the first ones to just, uh, you know, detach themselves from derech eretz, mask him. But nishmas Yisrael. So, any time that you have someone that 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 thinks like that, that if you if you say kind words about yidden and things like that, which are true, true words, but pnimistic words about yidden, yidden will just abuse it. They're underestimating the depth of Nishmas Yisrael. And that's exactly what the Ishmael is talking about, that the nature of Nishmas Yisrael is such that deep down we know and we intuitively sense that, of course, we want Ein Saif. But the only way to get to Ein Saif is through the path of Darach Eretz. And we know that, and we instinctively know that. And, when, and, we, and we have to trust each other and trust ourselves with that, with that piece of information. And so that's what's going on over here. Again, the Tachlis is the version of Torah in its truest form, which is Ein Saif. Ein Saif. It means to find Hashem in Ein Saif, to find the Ein Saif in yourself. But in order to experience that Ein Saif, the only way you can do that and not become bottled to it is if you've gone through a universe and a lifetime of restraint with, and that lifetime of restraint being fortified constantly being, and, and, being, and, 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 and the Revolution's presence in a finite way being woven into that. And then when you come at that place of Ein Saif, it's not Batal B'Shishem, it's Min B'Minai. You've come in, you've, you've, you've taken with you a lifetime of, of Zman Krishma, a lifetime of, of Gavulim, of restraint. And then when you could access the full experience of Krishma, you, you have, uh, you have uh, the ticket with you, you have your passport with you, you have the access point because you've experienced Zman Krishma in a finite way. Nishma Sishal knows this. And therefore, the more you talk to Nishmas Yisrael about big ideas and big expansive ideas, the more it's mechazek their eskashas to the Torah of Derech no, So Hashem should help us to trust Nishmas Yisrael, trust who we are, and speak to each other in big ways and deep ways. And Bez Hashem, to be mechashed ourselves even more and more with Torah and Derech Eretz, and should be zaychet to experience that infinite life. Yes, Lord said it. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah.